This is Generation Justice, a multiracial project that trains youth to harness the power of community through media, narrative, and critical consciousness. I am Madhumita Santanam. We want to remind you that this program broadcasts from the rightful lands of the Tiwa people. Tonight, we bring you a very special episode of Generation Justice. Infectious Disease Bureau Chief Dan Burke brings updates on the vaccine distribution, medical discoveries, long COVID, and more information about the deadly and disabling COVID-19 pandemic. In this special program, we also celebrate Mother's Day. GJ Youth, including myself, share messages of love to the mother figures in our lives who have taught, comforted, and loved us unconditionally. Our first song of the program is A Song for Mama by Boys to Men for all of our beloved mother figures. You taught me everything, everything you've given me. I always keep it inside. You're the driving force in my life. There isn't anything or anyone that I could be, and it just wouldn't feel right. Why is it so important to get vaccinated and boosted? Dan Burke, who is the New Mexico Infectious Disease Bureau Chief, has played an active role in responding to the COVID-19 pandemic. He will share about vaccine equity, updates on the distribution plan, and what we need to know about long COVID. Now, 17-year-old Jacqueline Nguyen speaks with Chief Dan Burke. This is Jacqueline Nguyen with Generation Justice, and I'm speaking with the New Mexico Infectious Disease Bureau Chief, Dan Burke. Mr. Burke has been working in public health since 1990. He served as an immunization manager in 2013 and an Infectious Disease Bureau Chief since 2014. As Bureau Chief, he's played an active role in responding to the COVID pandemic, starting with a statewide plan in late 2020 to help manage vaccine distribution in 2021. Mr. Burke, welcome to Generation Justice. Thank you so much, Jacqueline. We're really happy to have you here. So um, tell us more about yourself. Okay, um, well, you did a great intro and, and thanks for having me on. Um, apart from that, in my personal life, I, I have um, two kids uh, in their 20s and early 30s and uh, very proud of them both very much. And um, also, I've been in Santa Fe since about 1987. I came here as an intern from Berkeley studying public health. And I'm also a musician. Um, I'm in a little jazz quartet and I love playing music. So those are a few things about me. I love that. I love that you have an interest in music. So I know that the Infectious Disease Bureau covers a lot of important areas, but today we would like to focus on COVID-19 and the vaccines. So. There's a narrative that's coming out that the pandemic is over. Is the pandemic over? Well, <laughs> that's a great question. And unfortunately, there's no way to know for sure. Um, we're hoping that we're over the worst parts and we're in a much better place than we were when it started because we have vaccines, we have therapeutics, which if you get sick can make sure you get a lot less sick. 
We know so much more about the virus than we did before. Um, we're hoping that our uh, future um, waves of COVID will be much lower and much less harmful than the ones in the past. But the nature of viruses and the nature of COVID is that they're constantly mutating. So that's why we keep getting these different variants. And each variant that comes along, um, it might be more infectious, it might be more you know, dangerous, and we just don't know what's gonna be coming down the pipe. So we hope we're over, but you really can't, we can't be overconfident. So it's good to stay prepared. Absolutely, thank you so much. Let's talk about vaccine equity in New Mexico. What does it mean, first of all, and then why is it important? Well, you know, there's so many ways you can look at it. Um, but one way to start with is if we look at the vaccine and who got vaccinated in the state, um, our Native American and Asian populations got very high uh, coverage of vaccines. Our white populations got kind of in the middle around 70 some percent. And at the, the lowest rates of vaccination were African-Americans and Hispanics. And I think it's really complicated why that happened. You know, partly opportunity to get vaccinated, part, partly people's beliefs in vaccination, but it's clearly a, a big difference. Also, when you look at, you know, who died that's actually Native Americans got hit the hardest in terms of mortality. And so I think that equity in our healthcare system in lots of ways showed up in COVID. So people who have more access to healthcare um, before the pandemic, it also uh, took place during the pandemic. And one more thing, um, there was coverage for uninsured people for testing and vaccination and therapies but that ended recently when Congress didn't vote more money uh, for, the, for the pandemic relief. So if you're uninsured now, um, you might get having to pay out of pocket for some of these things. Thank you so much. Um, so tell us more about the New Mexico vaccine distribution plan that started in 2020. And what are some of the medical discoveries that we now know about the COVID-19 vaccines? Right. Well, that plan uh, we put together in the early days and um, and then uh, really things just hit like crazy. And we at the beginning, we didn't have enough vaccine to go around. So we were kind of trying to spread things out as evenly as possible. Um, we had to really have a count on a lot of participation from our hospitals and our community health centers and uh, everybody stepped up really good. So I, I'm, I think we can be really proud of our, of our healthcare system. What we've learned since is that, first of all, vaccines are very safe. There's um, a lot of, we, we all get mild side effects, like, you know, soreness in the arm and, and feeling, you know, uh, chills or maybe almost feeling like you're, you're a little sick for a day or two. But those are mild and they pass and you can take you know, aspirin to, or, or Advil to take care of that. But there's only a couple of serious um, side effects and those are um, heart conditions, myocarditis and pericarditis, and then um, blood clots for jo the Johnson & Johnson. But those are very, very rare. And let's say for heart conditions, we know that COVID itself gives more incidence of 
heart conditions than the vaccine itself, which is a very rare condition. So that's number one, we know it's really safe. Number two, we know that protection starts out really high and then tends to go down. And that's why we ask people to get boosters. So when you first get that vaccine, your protection, your antibodies are really, really high and you have high protection. But then it starts wearing off and we need, when we ask people to get boosters. However, we also think that once you've been vaccinated and especially boosted, there are deeper levels of the immune system that can protect you against the worst effects of COVID. And so that, that long protection um, seems like it lasts quite, quite a bit longer than the antibodies. So protection is really good from vaccines. Yes. Um, so like, how are we, how is New Mexico doing as far as vaccine and boosters? You know, New Mexico can really hold our head up in this one. We were in the top few states, like we were, we were jockeying with Anchorage and I mean, Alaska and Vermont for those first uh, months. We're now we're around number 14 in the country. So we're 14 out of 50, you know, 51 states. And um, I think we're, we're in the highest um, uh, grouping. So we're doing pretty well. So you mentioned how, you know, like we have to keep on getting boosters to like help our immunization. So based on that um, and the current research, do we have to continue get, getting booster shots, do you think, in the future? Well, that's really the million dollar question. I think that in a number of ways, the healthcare system is getting ready for maybe like annual boosters. I, I think that's what a lot of people are thinking. But, um, and recently there was just three FDA officials who came out saying, yes, we need annual boosters. And they're thinking about starting this fall. So like in a few months. Um, but then some other scientists also came out and said, you know, we still need more data. We're making decisions without enough data yet. So I would say the jury is out on that one. But if I had to guess, I would say, it's likely we might end up needing an annual COVID booster. Um, so why is it important getting the vaccine at this time? Well, um, you know, if uh, a lot of people already have gotten the vaccines and they're, and they're good, they're in a good situation. Um, if they haven't gotten the vaccine, um, it's important because it makes a really big difference between being unvaccinated and your chance of getting it and then getting really sick from it versus if you do have the vaccine, you know, your chances of, you know, like say dying are like one in a million. So you your chances of being healthy and surviving really go up um, if you have that vaccine. So it's, it's not too late for the people who haven't been vaccinated to go in and, and get it. Or if you've only had one or two, get that booster or whatever it is you need. Thank you so much. I definitely think that getting the booster is like really important. Um, what is the intersection between the lower rates of vaccinations and boosters and disinformation around the vaccine? Yeah, the disinformation has been really, really unfortunate. And you know, um, uh, there was, there was a, um, a nonprofit study that looked at it and, and traced it back to like 12 different Facebook accounts that started sending disinformation out. And you know how things spread on the 
social media. So that, you know, from just those 12 folks, you know, who could have made up a lot of it and really in fact did make up a lot of what they were saying, just sent, sent things out and it spreads a lot. And, and we also know that some of that disinformation comes from like Russian trolls who are intentionally trying to har harm our society and our country by, by putting bad information out there. Well, and it then it really becomes really political, which is unfortunate, but I think, you know, we can really see red states and blue states having, you know, lower lower vaccine coverage in red states and or red parts of states and blue states having higher coverage. So it, it's come down to information being spread through political parties. I definitely think that's crazy how like it has like spread so quickly, like disinformation. I remember there was like so much like information that was going around and it was kind of scary and made people really unsure. So what do we know about long COVID right now and how much research is being done on yeah. long COVID? Well, um, you know, we, we have a long way to go to find out about long COVID. We certainly know that co long COVID can happen in um, children and young people as well as older people. So definitely the best way to not get long COVID is to not get COVID at all because you are taking a chance if you, if you get COVID that you might have effects that you know affect your breathing, affect your heart, affect your nervous system. Um, there can be a lot of effects that really can mess up your, you know, your life um, for a long time. Of course, we don't know how long they're going to last because we've only had COVID around for a couple of years. Um, uh, we also know that in some cases, getting a vaccine when you already have long COVID can help. So that can be um, one of the things that can uh, you know, sort of help treat it. Um, and then other than that, we really know that um, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, research still going around to find out what, what's going on with long COVID. Thank you so much. Um, so what is your message to our community, Mr. Burke? Thanks for the opportunity. You know, uh, vaccines as a whole, now not just talking about COVID, but all the vaccines um, have been such a, a great help for public health um, overall. I mean, we used to have smallpox that was like this horrible, ter terrible disease that would kill and disfigure people. And it's gone. It's gone from the earth because of vaccines. I mean, think of that. We don't even have to worry about that. And polio is gone from most parts of the earth because of vaccines. And, you know, you know, historically, so many children would die. People would have large families because lots of children would die and many of them would die of vaccine preventable diseases that people don't even get. I mean, even measles. Um, that was, when I was a kid, people got measles um, normally, but we don't now hardly at all because of, because of our vaccine. So vaccines have just been a huge gift to um, society and to our health. And um, we're lucky to have them. So keep vaccinated people, keep getting vaccinated. Don't listen to all the stories. They're not bad for you. They're good for you. Thank you so much, Mr. Um, Dan Burke uh, for that. I think that it's really important that our community gets all this information, especially with like all the disinformation that's going around and like 
people being unsure to get the um, booster or the vaccine. So I think that you being here today has helped people like be less unsure about it. So I'm really thankful. For Generation Justice, I'm Jackie Nguyen. Thank you, Bureau Chief Dan Burke, for talking about the importance of getting vaccinated and how to move forward as a community. It is important that we remain aware of COVID-19 and its long-term impacts. To get up to date with your vaccination, visit cvvaccine.nmhelp.org. Again, that is cvvaccine.nmhelp.org. Chief Burke, who is also a musician, wanted to share his songs, Maria and Samba de Orfeo. Happy Mother's Day. On this special Generation Justice Mother's Day segment, we are so pleased to bring you the messages from GJ alumni, Lucia Martinez, 17-year-old Elijah Cage, Jacqueline Nguyen, who is also 17, 19-year-old Lily Lukau, 17-year-old Jamel Sanchez, GJ alumni, Jonklin Hill. After that, I will share a message to my mom, then, 21-year-old Barbara Ramirez shares her message and GJ alumni Phil Riley, who also has a specially selected song to his mom. For all of our mother figures, enjoy this beautiful GJ Mother's Day segment. Hi everyone, my name is Lucia Martinez and this is a message for my mom, Roberta Rael. And um, some of you might know that Roberta is the founder and director of Generation Justice. So she is a very special woman who is a pillar of our community. And I'm really lucky to call her my mother. My mom and I have a really special and I think probably unique relationship. I'm an only child and um, my parents got divorced when I was very young. So that meant that my mom ended up taking me to work with her a lot and also to a ton of community events. And um, my mom is a very social person. So those of you that know her, know that about her. For a lot of my, my younger years, we were always going to protests and art events. Um, she's friends with many musicians in Albuquerque and of course is has been a part of the activist community here. So. My, my upbringing was unique in that I got to meet a lot of really interesting and artistic people, and I'm really grateful for that. Um, when I was younger, I wasn't always grateful for it because um, <laughs> I was much more introverted. And so sometimes being Roberta's daughter felt like um, being thrust into a community that I, I didn't always feel like I was prepared for. 
I had to have a lot of conversations with adults um, from a very young age, but I know that that has served me very well now that I'm an adult. Slowly, as I, I became a part of Generation Justice and um, I found a passion for, for storytelling and for showcasing members of our community um, on the radio, I, I kind of grew into myself. And so all of that is credit to my mom. And my mom is also my best friend. And we have, we have been best friends since I was younger. Um, and that's part of the, the sort of special relationship that we have is like, she's definitely my mother. She's definitely my guide and a role model, but we've always been very close. And she's always been somebody that I have been able to share basically everything with. And I'm really grateful for that relationship because it, it's been foundational to, to my life and my, my confidence. I think the reason that I was able to move away from home at a young age at 18 to go away from college and then work in DC for many years is that I, I had this, this strong connection to my home and to my mother. And I had the security that really kept me grounded. And so I'm just, I'm so grateful for that. Mom, I just, I love you so much. I'm so grateful for all of the experiences that, that you've given me. And, you know, if I wasn't the, the easiest child, <laughs> I apologize for that. But now looking back, I just, I really see that you did everything you could to, to give me the kind of life that you could only dream of. So I'm, I'm just so grateful and I love you so much. And I'm gonna read a little bit of something that I wrote. I've been applying to law school for the past two years, basically. And I had to write several personal statements. And one of them turned out to, to be about my mom and Generation Justice. And so I'm just gonna read a little excerpt of that to share with you all. I grew up at my local public radio station, KUNM 89.9 FM. On Monday nights, my mom would take me to the station and I would listen while she hosted Espejos de Atslan, an arts and culture show focused on the Chicano community in Albuquerque, New Mexico. She interviewed poets like Cecilio Garcia Camarillo, known as the Chicano Movement's cultural attache, and politicians like Linda Lopez, who at the time was one of the youngest women elected to the state legislator. By the age of 12, my mother had passed me the mic. She founded a youth radio project known as Generation Justice, and every Sunday night at 7, I found myself sitting in that same small studio speaking to KUNM listeners. Through Generation Justice, I found a platform to explore my identities talk about political issues, and showcase community members who were burgeoning poets, musicians, and activists. It was within Generation Justice that I grew into myself. I grappled with all of my identities on the radio. I interviewed my grandfather to learn about our lineage as New Mexicans whose roots are generations deep in the small mountain towns of the northern part of our state. I interviewed other Chicanas when trying to understand my own racial and ethnic identity. I interviewed queer young people who shared their coming out stories with the courage that inspired my own. I found my voice in the 10 years I spent as a youth producer with Generation Justice. I learned that sharing my truth, advocating for others and amplifying the voices of marginalized people are core to my identity. And all of this is credit to my mom, Roberta Rael. Hello, my name is Elijah Cage. I'm 17 years old and I am a junior at La Cueva High School. And this message is from my mom, Dora Gerardo. An experience that made me proud of my mother is just being around her my entire life. 
her raising me as the young man I am. I know it wasn't easy because she was a single mother and just watching the experience and adversity that she's faced raising me is something that I'm definitely proud of. My mom talks about me all the time to her friends, to my family members. And, you know, I don't say it out loud, but, you know, that makes me feel special to her and my family, you know, being talked about that, you know, you have big things ahead of you and, you know, stuff like that just makes me feel special. And I know that, you know, as I continue going on in life, she'll still talk about me. And just something that I want the world to know about my mom is she's beautiful inside and out. You know, she faces struggles as the rest of us do, but that doesn't define her at all. She's beautiful inside and out. And she's one of the strongest people I know. So thank you, mom. And I love you. Hi, this is Jacqueline Nguyen. I'm 17 years old. And this is a Mother's Day message for my mom to Wang. Um, thank you, mom, for being such an amazing supporter in my life. You've always listened to what I've had to say, and you've laughed at my terrible jokes. Um, thank you for always like listening to me and cutting up fruit. I love when you cut up fruit for me. <laughs> anyway, I love you so much. Happy Mother's Day. generation justice and this was a message for my mom Stacy for Mother's Day. Mom I just want to take a moment and tell you how much I appreciate you and all of the love and support you have granted me my whole entire life. I know that there have been so many different transitions in our relationship and phases in our life that we have shared together and I know those continue to keep changing um, but none of that ever changes my relationship and my love for you. You deserve the world, and I hope you have a wonderful Mother's Day. I love you. I am Jamel Sanchez, and this is a message for my mother, Erica Sanchez. Mom, who asked for giving me everything that you felt like you needed to give me in life for, for me to succeed and for me to like chase my dreams and for me to have a good future by supporting me like through cross country and track and basketball. Who for being there by my side through the hardest of times. However, being the selfless person that you are for taking me to Arizona and for the Nike Cross Regional Meet, I really appreciate you for what you do. For me, for Papa, for Mumu, for my brothers and sisters always being there for me when I was being bullied at my old school. Thank you for always believing in me. 
I'm Jonquilyn Hill. I'm 31 years old and I am a Generation Justice alumni. This is a message for my mom, Deborah Hill. She is so iconic that it's really hard to think of one experience that made me proud to have her as a mom. I, I really appreciate her resiliency. Um, the fact that, you know, life happens and she keeps going and and I, I appreciate that she's also instilled that in me um she's also given me a sense of history a sense of purpose as a black woman and she's been a really great example of that some of the things she does that let me know how special i am to her is i love how much she checks on me you know, every morning she'll shoot me a text just to say like, hey, how was your day? Uh, how, what do you have planned for today? How's work going? And it just, it reminds me that, you know, no matter what, there is at least one person who cares about me and who loves me and who will always be looking out for my best interests. Um, this Mother's Day, I really want her to know how much I appreciate her and how proud I am that she is one of the sets of shoulders that I get to stand on. Um, I'm in a place in my life where more and more of my friends are having their own children. And it's a really exciting time and it's really great to be able to build this community of mothers and mother figures with my peers and um, I don't think I could do that without the example of my own mom. I am Madhumita Santhanam, and this is a message from my mother, Deepa Santhanam. An experience that made me proud of my mother is when she made the decision to leave my father after being in a, an abusive relationship for uh, more than 10 years. And during that experience, she didn't receive a lot of a great amount of support from her family and from the community around us because divorcing was considered to be taboo. And despite being on her own, she managed to not care about the judgment of other people and she's made a better life for herself. And I want the world to know how strong my mom is and how positive she is. And even with all the negativity and judgment that follows her, she's still standing here today, living the independent, free, life that every woman should be de destined to have. I want to say that I love you, mommy, and I'm so thankful for all the guidance that you've given me. Hello, my name is Barbara Ramirez. I'm 21 years old, and this message is for my mom, Yumela Bakude, my sister, Karen Ramirez, my two abuelitas, Paula Gonzalez and Eduvigis Velasquez, and one of my mother figures, Roberta Rael. 
I want to say thank you to each of you for being strong women and being a role model in my life. A mi mamá, te amo mucho, gracias por todo lo que me has enseñado. A mis abuelas, gracias por ser mujeres fuertes y un ejemplo a seguir. Y a mi hermana Karen, eres una mamá excelente y estoy muy orgullosa de tenerlas a cada una de ustedes en mi vida. Feliz Día de las Madres. Hi, I'm Philip Riley, and this message is, is for uh, Janet Riley, or Inner Planet Janet, as KUNM knows her. Um, and I want to say thank you, Mom, for all that you've taught me. And if I have to summarize you in one word, it would be strength. You've gone through so many trials and tribulations and you've always taught me to keep your head up and move forward no matter what's thrown at you. Uh, you've taught me a lot of things in my life, how to approach people, how to accept people for who they are and where they are and where they come from, and always enjoy life as it comes to you. And I just want to say I love you with all my heart and thank you for all that you've taught me. And the song I want to dedicate to her is the Stevie Nicks version, Landslide. That song means so much to our family and her, and it shows us that we're always going to love each other no matter what. I took my love and I took it down. I climbed a mountain and I turned around. And I saw my reflection in the we want to wish a happy Mother's Day to all mothers, tias, grandmothers, and mother figures. Thank you to Lucia Martinez, Elijah Cage, Jacqueline Nguyen, Lily Lucal, Jamel Sanchez, Jonquin Hill, Barbara Ramirez, and Phil Riley for sharing your messages. Now, we'll hear a song that I selected, Kannatil Muttamital, by Chinmay Shripada and Aya Rahman. This song describes the unconditional relationship between a mother and her daughter. We hope you've enjoyed this hour of community action. We'd like to thank our guests, Bureau Chief Dan Burke and our GJ members for your beautiful messages. Tonight's hour of radio was produced by Roberta Rael and Barbara Ramirez with production assistance from Angel Baker Guillen and thank you to our interviewer, Jacqueline Nguyen. We wanna give a big shout out to all of our youth producers. We could not do what we do without you. Generation Justice would also like to thank KUNM for bringing the voices of young people to you, KUNM listeners. Our website is generationjustice.org 
where you can check out all of our multimedia work and listen to our podcasts, which are also available on SoundCloud, Apple, and Google Podcasts. We're also active on social media. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and follow our playlist on Spotify. Generation Justice is funded by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation with additional funding from the Annie E. Casey Foundation, Kon Alma Health Foundation, NMDOH Better Together, and of course all of you who have contributed to our project by visiting our website and clicking donate. Our opening song is Youth of the Nation by P.O.D. Our last song of the night is Te Amo Mama by Marco Antonio Solis. I'm Madhumita Santana. Coming up on KUNM is Spoken Word, so stay tuned and join us next Sunday at 7 o'clock. Good night, New Mexico. Happy Mother's Day, and don't forget to get vaccinated. Manantial de cariño Mar inmenso de alivio Pedacito de cielo en mi sentido